got a great crowd. Uh, this is the second lesson of probably a four-part series. This lesson really and truly should be a, uh, I could, each one of these slides I could preach a whole lesson on. And uh, as far as today's lesson also. And so, Y'all won't get to see the slides, but I'll see the slides. How about that? I'm not sure if that's going to work. So. Um, I'm not quite sure what's the difference. So we're still on the family, and so this morning is around the father and the father's role. And as last time, we're basing all these lessons on Matthew 7, verses 24 through 27. And this is, that's the, that's the conversation Jesus has around building your house, uh, either on the sand or on the rock. And then Psalms 127, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Uh, unless the Lord guards the city and watchman keeps awake in vain. And so the whole point is, is are we building our foundations on the Lord? And the family is the fundamental foundational block for the Lord's church. Because uh, the family is, is the foundational block of everything that God ordained, uh, put in place, we see that at the beginning of time. And so if the family is the foundation, what is the structure of the foundation of, of the family? And today, that's what we want to kind of go through and, and talk to is the family and what's the structure. Now, um, unfortunately, you're not seeing the slides, but remember that we talked about the family and God uh, instituted that. And then we're going to talk about the father's role, we're going to talk about the mother's role, then we're going to talk about children. And so today, uh, this is the, the lesson about the father's role. And so whenever you're going to talk about fathers, Ephesians, the fifth chapter is an easy place to go to. And uh, Ephesians 5.23, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church. He himself being the savior of the body. And so God put man in charge of the family. He is the head. Now we're going to talk a lot more about what is headship and what is leadership. And I'm going to refer to it as leadership because leadership is, is not um, this thing that, you know, I'm the leader and you're going to follow me. Well, I don't think 
That's leadership. That's not biblical leadership. That's the world's leadership. And uh, so whenever Christ, whenever God put man in charge, there's certain criteria that he expected him to lead by. And so, and we're going to talk about that on the next slide which, that you can't see. Just imagine there's a slide up here. So one of the things that uh, a husband does is, is he sets the family direction. And so as, as the leader of the family, he is to set that direction. And I always like to go back to uh, Joshua 24, verse 15. And in Joshua 24, verse 15, if it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourself today whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served, which were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This is, a, this is Joshua setting direction for his family. And today, the, the man's role in the family has been attacked ever since I've been around. Um, back whenever I used to watch television, every show made fun of the father figure. Every show made fun of their role. And we've diminished that role. And we Christians have got to get back and say, what is God? What's my role? And how am I supposed to fulfill that role? And so, men, we have to set direction for our families. If you fail to set direction for your family, then somebody else is going to set that direction for you. And, and that, that is hard to do. Now, whenever you set that direction, God gave you someone to help you with that. And that should be a direction that is set between a husband and a wife. And that should be a direction, that should be a direction that you're setting while you're dating your spouse. I'll just give you some hints. See, we're not even talking about dating. But as the leader of your household, it's who you're going to join yourself with is going to determine part of your direction. And the whole point is, is you start having those conversations uh, with uh, your potential spouse. A husband also is to ensure that the activities of his household is following that direction. And so whenever I say that, we sit back and we start evaluating where are we going, what are we doing, and are we doing, are we following that direction that we're going to serve the Lord, as Joshua said. Do we reflect on that? Do we sit back and say, okay, here's the five Here's the 50 activities my families are doing this next year. Is that getting us closer to the Lord or is that getting me closer to the world? Are you sitting back after you set that direction? Are you evaluating where you're going? And, and like I said, uh, some whenever we talk about some of this, I'm, I'm not talking about the wife's role. We'll talk about that in uh, the next lesson. But the whole point is, is as a father, as the leader as a husband of the family, uh, God gave you a helpmate. And, and so uh, I, I will tell you, my experience there is, is Sandra and I have set those directions together. Now, there has been a few times, there has been a few times in our lives that we disagree. And it was incumbent upon me to say, no, this is where we're going. This is what we're doing. And 
And whenever you do that, remember you take that, you're responsible. And, uh, but I can tell you 99% of those times, uh, we've set direction together and we've tried to set our direction with the scripture. Uh, Christ, um, so lead a husband, a wife, uh, the leader of the family is going to lead by example. And uh, 1 Peter 2, verse 21 and 22, for you have been called for this purpose, 1 Peter 2, verse 21, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow his steps. Who committed no sin, nor was there any deceit found in his mouth. Now this passage is a little bit out of place, probably because the next slide is going to talk about uh, we're supposed to follow Christ. We're going to be following Christ as Christ loved the church uh, as a husband. But the point here is Christ set the example, and we're going to whenever we get lower to this lesson, we're going to find where a father did not set the right example, and how the last fifteen years of his life. Uh, his whole family was just totally was in destruction and, and how things just negatively impacted. And we're not going to get in great detail there, but whenever you think about your role as a husband, your example is key. Now, I, I do want to give you, you know, some experience and some advice uh, from me. You're not going to be perfect. You're, you're not going to be that perfect example as Christ was. We, we need to be working towards that. Uh, but I'll give you a hint for the young fathers here. Um, I asked my children, okay, what did I do right uh, that you're doing what you're doing today? And they said, oh, Dad, it's easy. You told us not to follow you. Just follow the word. <laughs> You know, and I got the chuckles that I wanted, but that I actually told my children that. And and what I, the whole point of that is, I knew I was not the, the perfect dad. I knew I was not living everything perfect. But the whole thing, now whenever they were between one and seven, I had to, you know, I was their authority figure. I was everything to them. They, they couldn't understand God at that time. But between seven and 12, and 7 and 21, I, I really was pointing them. Are you reading your scriptures? Are you following God? I'm not, I am not what you should be following. Now, good, good news is they, you know, good news is they could follow certain things. But there's other things I wasn't getting right at the time. And so, as, as leaders of our families, we got to be an example. We have to be living the word. And our children will recognize that. They will, they, they will recognize our faults. But you gotta, you got to be putting more in that positive category. And that's not an excuse to say, well, I can do this over here because Clay said you don't have to get everything right. No, that's not what I said. I said you're, you're, you're not going to get everything right. Be pointing your children to the Lord, and we'll talk about that later. Um, So you got to be that example. You can't be living that double life. And I will tell you, uh, whether it's your wife or whether it's your children, uh, you cannot have double lives. That's that's you cannot have double lives. And if you're if you think you can do that and, and uh, not get caught, not destroy your family, um, you know I, I'm. My experience is, is 
is you're not going to do that when you go to many scriptures to tell that. First Timothy three four. Uh, this is this is qualifications for an elder, but uh, I think this goes for for the leaders of the household. Uh, a man is is he must be one who manages his own household well, keeping his children under control with all dignity. And so, um, if you believe uh, using authority and, and keeping a hard hand on your children or to keep them uh, in line throughout their lives, uh, I, I'm telling you, you're, you've already went down the wrong path. Uh, you better be teaching your children. You better be being that example. And, and uh, we'll talk about that later on, uh, what Ephesians uh, 6 says. So the whole point here is you are the leader. The second thing I want to point out, these are, these are very large principles that I'm pointing out here. And um, like I said, we can preach a whole lesson and develop more of this than what I'm developing today. Ephesians 5.25 Husband, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. So one of the this is this is a very key passage um, that we husbands we we need to try to figure out. And we have the whole New Testament to understand how Christ loved the church. And there's many attributes of this. And like I said, this is one of those that you know you can do a whole month of sermons on this 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 section here for for the family and for the for the husband's role and for the father's role and but the key here is is first Ephesians 7 through 15 we're not going to read that whole passage just for time's sake but verses 9 and 10 Ephesians 4 verses 9 and 10 uh, he ascended what does it mean except that he all he also had to descend into the lower parts of the earth he also descended is, is himself. Also, he ascended far above all the heavens and that he might fill all things. This I, I just chose this one passage, but we see how Christ came from heaven. And he came and walked as a man. In other words, he was equal to God. He was with God. And he came and he served mankind by walking with mankind. Uh, we fathers and husbands we are not aloof we are working with our family we are there to serve our family and we are to go to, to the extent to serve our family and so whenever we think about a father's role and his sacrifice and what he's supposed to be doing for his family I think whenever you look at Christ, we see that Christ gave it all. And so, it is not in, in our world today, you know, uh, we men get to rule with iron hand and we get to do different things um, and we get to have our, our hobbies and at the sacrifice of our families. That's not what Christ did. Christ focused everything on the church. And we as fathers, are we focusing ourselves on our families 100%? And so I don't want to say you can't, 
you cannot have your nice offshore contender. Everybody knows I, I, you know, that's my boat or what I want as a boat. But the point is, if I sacrifice my family for that, then I've sinned. So we have to manage that and understand what Christ did and, and make sure that we're doing that. Uh, Ephesians 5.25, um, go back there. I mean, it just talks about the self-sacrifice there. Uh, Matthew 23, verses 10 through 12. And, and I'll, I'll reference Trey's lesson that he did a, a, a while back. And, and he was going through Joshua and he was talking about leadership there. And uh, so I reference some of that to just to say, as you think about leadership, you can go back and reference that lesson and, and what Trey did a good job there with. So Matthew 23, do not be called leaders in verse 10 and 12, for one is your leader, that is Christ, but the greatest among you shall be your servant. The greatest among you shall be your servant. So us fathers, you are the leader. You are the leader, but you're the servant. You're the servant for the family. And, and whoever exalts himself shall be humbled, and whoever humbles himself shall be exalted. You manage your family with humility. You manage your family being that example and being that servant to your family. These are just a few attributes that, that the husband should have and the father should have. The uh, the other thing that, so the next slide here, we just move to another slide, and what it says is husbands uh, watchful for the wife's needs. So we talked about servitude. We have a responsibility to be mindful of our wives. And I'm going to tell you why this is important. So let me, let me you know, one, most of the times, one of the natural outcomes of a family is children. And in those years that you're trying to raise, raise godly children, um, maybe, maybe everybody here, maybe all the other men here are better than me. But I don't have the right answer on everything. And, you know, there's a lot of discussions that I have to have with Sandra. And, um, and say, okay, how do we do this? How do we apply this? What, what's, what's the application here? And, and, so I, and, and so if I'm not watchful for Sandra and, and keeping her as my partner, then the conversations and the discussions are not going to be whole and complete, and we're not going to be one together. And, and and I, unfortunately, I was not always successful in that. So whenever, so whenever I'm sitting here, why do you need to, number one, you're command, us husbands, we're commanded to do things we're going to talk about. But it's so that you can be one. And whenever we are unified, then we can re raise godly offspring. And, and, it's, and it's many conversations. Uh, yesterday, Sandra had an epiphany on a verse. And and uh, and I was thinking, well, I never thought about that either. Like that, you know. And so, you know, that's that. You know, two or three times yesterday, we were we were going back and forth about that verse. And it's common to to have those types of discussions. 
And those are the type of discussions you want to have. But if if I'm slamming and, and distancing my wife every day and every time she opens her mouth and you know, you know, that's stupid, how can you do that? You know, why, you know. Well guess what? We're not having those kind of conversations. And so whenever we talk about so we're gonna talk about two or three things here. First, uh, men are responsible for providing for their families, first Timothy five eight. But if anyone does not provide for his own and especially those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Men, you have a responsibility to provide for your family. And and I'll, so that here here's an application I'll give you. And this is one of those things that uh, one of my sons was sick. He had something wrong with him. Well, it was Saturday morning, it was raining. I was getting up to start work on whatever I was working on. And I made him get up, get his clothes on. And Sandra was fussing at me. He's sick. He doesn't need to go with you. He can go later. I said, no, he's coming with me. Because one day he's going to be a grown man. He's got to provide for his family. He's going to be sick. And he needs to know he's got to get out of bed and go to work. Now, there's a balance there. I'm not going to tell you. I, there is one day that I went to work and I literally got the door open because after I went about three blocks from the house, I got the door open and I crawled to the couch and finally got on the couch. So maybe I took it a little too far. But the point is you got to provide for your family and you got to do that. And so you need to be, so fathers, your example there and what you do for your children also. So, uh, what are the other things you need? So whenever we think about our wives, we need to take care of it. So we talked about providing for them. There's a physical need. And I'm not going to go through uh, 1 Corinthians 7, 1 through 5. I'll use those same passages whenever we talk about the wife next time. So we have physical needs, sexual needs. We have a responsibility as husbands to fulfill uh, our wife's uh, needs there and wants. Uh, Song of Solomon uh, 2 verses 2 through 6 those are physical needs that are being fulfilled there spiritual needs turn to uh, 1 Peter 3 7 uh, 1 Peter 3 7 um, 1 Peter 3 7 you husbands in the same way live with your wives in an understanding way as with someone weaker since she is a woman, since she is a woman, show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. Have you ever been in that mode where you and your spouse are battling every day? Your prayers are hindered because you're frustrated. Husbands, it's our responsibilities. This is this is show her honor as a fellow heir of grace. It is mine and your responsibility. Whenever the marriage is off track, it's your responsibility to get it back on track. <coughs> the good news is there's been times Sanders helped us get back on track. There's been times when I have. But that's becoming one, right? 
And we both realize that we're serving God and we've got to serve each other to serve God. And so, men, you have a responsibility to honor your wife as a fellow heir in grace so that your prayers will not be hindered. Um, so as we talk about spiritual needs there, I, I put this verse in here. And uh, we like to go to this verse about with women speaking in church and everything. But there's something in this verse that you need to pay attention to. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 35. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 35. And it, it says, if they desire to learn anything, it's talking about the wife, let them ask their own husbands at home, for it is proper for it is improper for a woman to speak in church. What's implied there? Husbands? You better know your scriptures. Your wife needs to be able to look to you and ask you questions and get understanding from the scriptures. That so we apply and that we correctly apply that verse. But do you see what's in there for us husbands? Are you studying so you can lead? You're the leader. You're the one that's supposed to be out front. And if you want people to follow you, uh, you've got to be able to, to show them the direction and teach them the direction. Um, emotional needs. Proverbs 31. Um, Proverbs 31, it says uh, in verse 28, it says, Her children rise up and bless her. Her husband also. He praises her. Do you ever praise your wife? Do you ever give encouragement to your wife? And so I grew up in a household that that was not natural. That was not a natural tendency to do that. I'm glad to say I've improved that a thousand percent, but that might still not be according to scriptures. Over my life, I figured out it's better to to be praising my wife. And there's a lot a lot of things there to praise. And so are you helping her emotional uh, state by praising her? Ephesians 5, 28 and 29. So husbands ought to also love their own wives as their own body. He who loves his own wife loves himself. And nowhere, no one ever hated his own flesh but nourishes and cherishes it. Do you nurture cherish your wife taking care of those emotional needs I am very good I am actually excellent at identifying problems I do that very well in the last 24 hours I've identified a lot of problems at work I can do that very well but I have to remind myself there's a time and there's a place to work on that problem and there's a time and a place to focus on what's positive. This morning as I was talking to someone, I said, you need to write that on your list. We've got to follow up on that. It was not this morning people had worked hard all night. They needed to be told something different than what, you know, a big mess. And so... Whether it's at work, whether it's, it's your wife, you're, you're supposed to nourish and cherish. And, and that 
that doesn't mean correct every day. Uh, and that is not, you know, it, it is, if you love someone, you are going to correct them. But there's a way and a time and a place. Uh, fathers are supposed to lead their children. Um, he is the leader of the household. And so Ephesians 6 4. Ephesians 6 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. And notice it didn't say mothers. Now I'm I, so I'm going to tell you. Whenever the children was probably one through one and a half, two, I think Sandra did a better job than I did. But it was my responsibility to to bring my children up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. So how do you do that? So do you focus on the discipline? Do you focus on the instruction? Well, we all understand children need discipline. Discipline comes in many ways. But instruction, if you don't give them the instruction, how do you know, how do they know when the discipline's right or wrong? And so fathers, we have to be instructing our families. We have to instruct our children. We make hard decisions. That's why God gave children parents. You have to make choices for them. You have to bring them to understand this is what God wants you to do. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 10. Awesome verse here, verses here. And, and what, yeah, to read all of this, uh, what we'll read. Uh, these words, this is, this is Moses' instructions. Uh, at the end of his life. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons. You shall talk to them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they on the frontlets of your forehead. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Did you get that? Teaching them whenever they're getting up. Teaching them whenever they're in the house. Teaching them when they're on their way. Teaching them whenever they're going to bed. Think about today's... Do we, do we purposely get up with our children? Do we purposely get up and say, okay, this morning I'm going to make a few comments about this. Here's something. Do our, and do we do do we start off with that? Whenever we're driving our children, if you drive them to school or, or whatever, or you go out and stand by the bus stop with them, are you talking about the Lord? Are you talking about a scripture? Whenever you're picking them up, they're in the car. I just want to share with you. You should never drive your car with children in it and have the radio on. That is a perfect time to talk to your children about the Lord. And we should know our scriptures enough 
and we should be able to make application while we're driving down the road. Many different applications can be made. You can look at that sign and say, that, you know, I think Susan's putting a verse on her sign now. You could use that, or you could you could use a negative. You could say, that's, that's not in keeping with God's word. The person that passes and cuts you off, instead of getting frustrated with it, do you teach your children, I've got to work on my patience because I just my face just turned red on me. And we got to work on this. This is what we're called to do. It doesn't matter that they go first. We're supposed to, if they, we're supposed to turn the other cheek. Do we teach those principles? Never, family, do not. I'm giving you, a, a, you know, this is just a good idea. I'm just telling you, use that time. It's a valuable time in our society today while you're driving. Uh, read Deuteronomy 6, apply it. There's a whole lesson there. Uh, Proverbs 20, 13, 24. He who withholds a rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him diligently. Fathers, you're responsible to discipline your children. Mothers, you are too. But fathers, you're responsible. Don't be afraid of spanking your children. Don't do it in anger. Do it with love. Discipline your children. Uh, Proverbs 19.18 Discipline your son while there is hope and do not desire his death. I think, folks, as long as our children are alive, are we holding them accountable to God's word? Discipline our children while there is hope. Are you looking for heaven? Or are you looking for pleasures here? Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child when he is old. Whenever he is. Train up a child while he's young, and he will not depart from it. What are you doing to train your children today? What are you doing? To train your grandchildren. And and so for me, it's my grandchildren. So every once, you know, whenever we get to be around them, you know, uh, well, Baker and Sadie gets to sleep with Santa right now. Well, we went on a trip, and Sarah said, did y'all talk to Baker about this? Well, he was telling the story that I, I was teaching him at, at night. The whole point is, take the opportunity to be teaching your children. So Baker, I, I, so one of the things I ask him, he, he says prayers for his, you know, for and for the visitors. Baker's my three and a half year old grandson. I said, Baker, you need to be praying for knowledge and wisdom, and he does. Well, what am I doing? I'm teaching him. Now, can Baker go read the Bible? His mom and dad reads the Bible with him, but. That's a good prayer for him to be learning right now. So the point is, is how do you, how do you how do you engulf your children with this? Uh, the last thing I have in, in the fathers or leading of their children, and and um, I, I want to do a lesson on David, but uh, we see David as such a positive person. We see him making this huge mistake. But if you ever do the timeline of David. How from from the time he sinned with Bathsheba, 
His family was destroyed from then on. Because about three or four years after Bathsheba, Amnon sleeps with Tamar, rapes Tamar. David knew, knew of this situation and allowed it to go on and didn't do anything about it. Absalom, and so this is, this is you know, if you're writing down past 2 Samuel chapters 13 through 19 are these stories. But you see where Absalom takes vengeance in his own hand and he kills his, his brother Amnon. And then you see where Absalom takes over the kingdom from his father. Why is that? Because David did not discipline his children. He should have disciplined Amnon to begin with. Think about if he would have disciplined Amnon like he was supposed to, would all this other things happen? And I'm going to go back to the example of what we're supposed to be as fathers. I think the natural state of whenever we sin, we, well, we can't get on other people because I've done that. I think we've got to be mindful that we've got to continue to follow God's word no matter how bad we've applied it in the past in our lives. I think David realized where he was and what he did and so he didn't apply in the last 15 years of his life and we see the, the 20 years of his life the destruction that occurred uh, there with Amnon, Absalom, Tamar. Uh, Eli's 1 Samuel 2, 29-36. We see Eli did not rebuke his sons. And God took the high priest away from him. Took his position away. The point is, we have a responsibility to make sure as fathers that we're leading and setting direction and holding that account. Hebrews 12 uh, God disciplines those he's loved and it talks about a father that disciplines his son and daughter and so fathers are supposed to be the person that's, that's, that's holding the line and, and, and let me tell you I don't care what kind of leadership you're in I don't care what kind of leadership you're in. Look at the suffering that Christ underwent by preaching the gospel. You're not always going to be popular whenever you hold the line as a father. You're not going to be popular with your spouse. You're not going to be popular with your children. And that's why you got to have faith. You need to be growing your faith. You need to be instilling the scriptures in yourself because you got to be watchful and mindful of where things are going. And as a father, if you live in the moment, if you don't sit back and reflect on your family and where they're going and the direction you're going, guess what? Satan will lead your family right where he wants them. Fathers, 
You have a great task upon you. You have been given the leadership role of your family. I've told y'all what the scriptures say. I did not get all of this right. You don't have, you need to be working to get it right, but you need to be directing people to the scriptures. You need to be directing your family to the scriptures. I have no control, literally, no control on what my children do today. Bar one. I do have one 23-year-old still living behind us. But she's in Birmingham. <clears throat> With a boyfriend. So, and she's staying at the elder's house where they go to church. So, uh, so the point is, if you don't instill the scriptures in the, the right direction in your family, there's going to be a day that you don't have control. But you know, what you want to do is instill in your family that God is God Almighty and that's who you should be following. Instill that faith in you. And, and I, I do believe your role continues. I, I, I say I don't have any control, but I can't be accepting of, of disobedience as a father. And that's, that's why I put Eli in here. I think Eli speaks a lot to us. And, and God rebuked him strongly in those passages and his responsibilities. Uh, if there's, so I hope the lesson's been good uh, for the fathers. Uh, we're going to talk about the wives' role next time. And, and I will tell you, um, the wives' role is, is just as important. The family is, is so key to the Lord's church. Because you think about our children. Right now, Baker and Sadie and Gatlin do not understand totally who God is. They're being taught. But their world revolves around Taylor and Sarah. For the ones that's visiting, that's my son and daughter. That's where they're seeing God right now, is, is through their mom and dad. And so it's so key that we play our roles. Because from, from I, and I always break it up like this, there's no, I mean, I just, I have to have everything somehow numerically done. And so ages one through seven, your children are absolutely dependent upon you. You should be the authoritarian. Between 7 and 12, you should be using authority and teaching, and you should be using teaching always, but also guiding them and coaching them. And then whenever they're 12 through 21, you should I mean 14 through 21, you should be uh, coaching and developing. Now, that's, that's just Clay's rules of thumb. Uh, Heather will tell you that she got a spanking at age 18. I don't remember, but I'm sure I did it. <laughs> The point is, set the direction for your family. Be a father. And, and I just, it just popped in my head. Uh, I think it's 1 Corinthians 16. I've got to go put this in my presentation. It's not on any of the slides that you didn't see anyway. Um, uh, it talks about be strong like men. 
be strong like men. You're not going to be the popular guy every day. And men, but we've got to lead our families. If we don't lead our families, Satan will lead it for us. So if there's anyone here that needs to obey the gospel, anybody that needs to, to have the prayers of the congregation, guys, we all sin. We all fall short of glory. We're here, we're here as a group of people trying to help each other get to heaven. That's our whole goal. I found and, and we're not gonna we're not gonna be each and every day perfect. But if you need the prayers of the congregation or if you need to obey the gospel, we leave this time at the end of service as we stand and sing.